First word. All right, you're listening to CCP, the Caleb and Kathy podcast, also known as... Conspiring, Constructing, Publishing. All right, I like it. Uh, This week we watched The Last Word. Oh, so that's what your bit was about. I get it. You like it? There hasn't been a bit in a while. I do like a good bit. A good intro bit. Um, So yeah, we watched The Last Word. Came out in 2017. It was directed by Mark Pellington. Did you get the writer? I don't think it was a writer-director combo this time, so I don't think I wrote it down. Stuart Ross Fink. Stuart Ross Fink. Yeah, can't be happy with that name. Um, it's a terrible name. So I didn't get any budget numbers on box office. I found like three oh. different conflicting numbers on Wikipedia. It was like one point four. That's on what I saw. Yeah. Box office mojo is like three million, and then on another box office site, it was like four point four million. So who knows what this movie made at the box <laughs> office? Seems unclear. Somewhere um, in the millions. At least a million. <laughs> I think sometimes Wikipedia maybe only lists the domestic, so it could be that. Oh. Whereas like those other sites list uh, international as well. That makes sense. Which I feel like most of these. I don't know. I haven't looked at big blockbusters, but I feel like when you hear about blockbusters overseas as well, like do they go to movies more internationally? I guess it's more than just one country. So there's that too. Yeah. Whereas like just the United States versus yeah. the rest of the world. There you go. You're thinking it out yeah. out loud. I like that. <laughs> so maybe that's part of it. Anyways, just the thought I had. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie had a little bit of a wider release. Like, I remember mm-hmm. seeing trailers of it and stuff. And Yeah, not, not uh, like I said, I didn't find the budget, but this wasn't like a $10,000 budget like some of the yeah. other movies we watched. <laughs> it's not a Lynn Shelton movie. Um, yeah, the distributor was Bleecker Street. It did a premiere at Sundance. Oh, thank so. you for, I knew I was forgetting to write something I'm <laughs> distributed by. That's who it was. Thank you for getting that. <laughs> Sure, I can give you some more information, too, if you're Please done. Please do. Okay, this movie was rated, rated R. I write that down because I was like, ooh, I love to figure out why. And then Still I, not sure. Yeah, the only theory I have is that they cursed. And it was like a child doing a lot of the cursing, mm. I guess. So people oh, don't want their terrible. kids seeing other kids cursing, maybe, type of thing. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, the genre is comedy drama genre and the length of time was 108 minutes and this is how you pronounce amanda's last name cy fred i had to look this up yeah because i I do it wrong i'm not even gonna say how i usually say it because i don't want to put that in my head you know what i'm saying cy fred okay the setting of the movie well, I mean, it probably was shot. Well, actually, it was probably shot not too far from this fictional slash maybe real town. I think it was real. I looked it up. Okay. It's real Southern town? California. Okay. So the setting is Bristol, California. Although they don't say the state until like later on, like towards the end, I think. The newspaper is called Bristol Gazette. So yeah. I knew like, So the I town... thought it was Bristol, Connecticut because that's like, I feel like a more known Bristol. I don't know Bristol. I believe it's the uh, I don't know her. the home <laughs> the home of ESPN. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Well, and I also it's believe California. they have some NASCAR race there. Like there's a Bristol Speedway or something. Wow, you were like really prepared <laughs> the for Bristol all knowledge. these Bristol facts, and then irrelevant. found out it was California. Oh, poor Caleb, it's terrible. All right, so our stars—I already mentioned one, but I'll mention her again—is Amanda Seyfried. You just wanted to get that pronunciation in there again. <laughs> well, I wrote it up in the background. Um, and then Shirley MacLaine. And then uh, the only reason this guy's worth mentioning is because he's Amanda's, Amanda Seyfried's husband <laughs> in real life. there one more time. Um, Thomas Sadowski. Hopefully that's how you say his name. Didn't look it up. He's not like a big time guy or anything. And there were some like guest appearances by people that we have seen. In, yeah, like the hairdresser was played by Sarah Baker, who's like in a lot of comedies. Yeah. And then um some I think like a past coworker of Shirley McCain's McLean's character plays Joan Margaret in Grace and Frankie. And like people who like Grace and Frankie will A will like this movie. And B will like be really excited because I immediately was like, oh, her. And then I had to like Google why I had such a happy reaction to her. So, yeah. Um, I, and to be clear, it's not that I don't like Grace and Frankie. I've just never watched it. Uh, just to let the viewers know, listeners know. It's a fabulous show. I mean, I do think it needs to be over at this point, but <laughs> just because, you know, you can only. You don't want on it to bit. end a sad way, you know? True, they are all old people. With one of the cast members passing away and then they can't do it. Oh my god. I said you don't want that. Lily and Jane are fine. I didn't necessarily mean one of them. Oh my god. Okay, the guy from Law & Order is also fine. Sam Watterson. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's just fun to call him the guy from Law & Order. Anyway. I have a brief synopsis if we're ready for that. But I didn't give the characters' names. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So Amanda plays Anne Sherman. Shirley plays Harriet Lawler. Those are the two main characters. And then we have a lot of minor characters. I guess another one worth mentioning is this girl, Brenda. Okay. Anne Sherman sounds familiar. Am I thinking of Anne Yerman, your grandma's friend? <laughs> oh my god, shout her out. <laughs> also, may her memory be a blessing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm, raw- I'm ready for plot. My, my brief synopsis. Okay. A woman hires an obituary writer to help her write her own obituary and befriends slash mentors her. That would be perfect. I just have one qualm. Please. Harriet did not write the obituary, and that's what, like, she gave people's names and ideas for her obituary, but she didn't write it. That's what you're inferring in that summary. I said she hires an obituary to help. Oh. To write, I guess, would you say? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I just don't want to give people the wrong fair. idea. Like, why would you hire someone and if you're going to write it? On that note, let's jump right in, because that's my first note. Okay. I get it. I'm particular too, but why hire help? So I think this yourself? is like our opening scene. No, not that part. Where she's talking to the oh. guy trimming the edges. And she's like, no, just give it to me. I'll just do it. And then later on, cooking the dinner. Mm-hmm. No, just get out. I'll, the I'll hairdresser. The hair, like, why go to places and hire people? 
Yes. She has like all this money. She doesn't know what to do with it. She's just a lonely old lady and she She did seem lonely, that's for sure. Okay, yeah, in the beginning, like we're in it now. Okay. The beginning is just like her in like complete darkness in her house, standing like amid uh shadows. It's like, lady, we get it, you're lonely. I just needed to paint that picture for the audience. Yeah. So oh, you want me to say something? Oh, so. but I guess back to like your comment. I I actually don't feel like I'm that same way. I I wasn't trying to say you are. Yeah. I'm saying I and go ahead, you can you can I'm, no, I agree. I'm opening myself up to it here. No, you are. Yeah. Like Yeah, like you like, correct me all the time. Okay. <laughs> you do. I meant like, like on minor stuff, like doing the dishes, mm-hmm. I'm very like particular. I'm like, okay, I'll just do it. I don't mind doing it because mm-hmm. I'm going to be like too critical or like folding laundry a certain way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have like a, you not that you're set in your ways necessarily, but you have like a right idea in your mind, like how you want something. That's fine. Okay, so you, like I said, I'm particular too. So you, but are, I'm not. Going to hire help because Ever. I want it done a certain well, certain things that I can't handle on my own. Sure. Okay, but if you but if I know I can do something, I'm not going to hire somebody to do it because I want it done a certain way. So I'll just do it myself. Got it. With you, kind of. If you want to do whatever you want to do, and I don't have to take part. <laughs> as long I just, as you don't have to take. Okay. Well, I just know my strengths, and I feel like cutting hedges and cooking and what was the other thing oh cutting hair those are not my strengths so. oh I, yeah i want to try to cut my own hair good hedges sure what was the other thing cooking, cooking. yeah i cook so yeah you're you're a good cook thanks okay so it sounds like in the beginning of this movie you're like kind of relating to harriet which is in interesting because i feel like of the two characters she's unlikable Although, I do have some qualms of Anne as well. Should we get into it or wait? Sure. Go for it. I feel like, so this is Amanda. I guess, yeah, setting up a little bit the characters. Like I said, a woman, an older woman hires somebody to write her an obituary. Anne Sherman, Amanda Seyfried's character, is an obituary writer for the Bristol Gazette. Gazette. Um, And then... Harriet Lawler. Harriet Lawler is this wealthier older woman who's retired yeah well she was like forced into retirement right we find that out later i'm just letting people okay know. just setting up a little bit of character background go ahead with your qualms okay i just think that like for, like off the bat Anne is like ridiculously rude like she was rude to harriet who was kind of rude to her too so maybe she was just trying to be like i'm i can defend Not myself rude but, like, right away, she walks in and to the editor's office of her paper. And Harriet is sitting at the editor's desk. And is like, please come in. Please sit. And she's like, I'll stand. And she was like, no, I insist you sit. So then she sits, but she puts her feet up on the desk. And she's just, like, in this terrible mood. When this lady is, like, kind of offering her um, work. You know? Yeah, getting pretty sassy. But that's not it. Like, she goes over, this is like a grown woman 
who is at least in her late 20s, I grown would say. Grown women can be sassy. Yeah. Grown men can be sassy. Okay, but you haven't heard what I'm... I wasn't about the sass. Okay. She goes over to her dad's house to do laundry. <laughs> yeah, that was like, what? Like, how old are you? Okay. And when she gets there, instead of being like grateful and um, at least like conversing with her dad she's just like flippant and not even like like shouldn't say thank you for letting me come over and do laundry how are you dad why are you defending mom she's just did we ever find out what the deal with the mom was yeah the mom left her i got that but like never came back that made her We, we didn't get any more explanation further than that yeah, I mean, the dad kind of inferred that the mom just wanted to, like, go off and do her own thing. If you hear any tiny little uh, clicks and clacks, mm. uh, Newton is in the podcast room today, so we'll see if that lasts. Probably won't. No one lasts. letting the listeners know. If you hear weird, like, little licking <laughs> <Sucking>. sounds, <laughs> that's not us. Yeah, we're just sitting here talking at each other. At each other? To each other. And at. It's a conversation. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so I just think Anne's a little rude, but no, I mean, she's rude. I'm not even going to try to defend, I mean, I I was, okay, I felt bad that her mom left her, and I get that I can stay with a person for forever, really shape a person, but that doesn't mean she needs to be disrespectful to her elders. I don't know. I just didn't really get that. But anyway... Harriet is definitely rude. She is just like... This is where we uh, we part on our similarities, me and Harriet. Oh, yeah. You are perfectly respectable. I'm like, not even trying to be like, I'm not rude. Like, just like, I would never go up to like people and like be so them, blunt. Tell them how to do their job. Yeah, that like, type of stuff. Yeah. And so you definitely get the feeling that... Two things. That she's like the unlikable character. Mm-hmm. Which is very in right now. But also that, like, she's an old woman, so she can just do what she wants, you know? Like, she's not going to, like, she's over listening to society's expectations. And you learn later on that she never really did, um, <laughs> which is more of her, like, good qualities. But we can get into that in a little bit. Um but yeah, so she just has that, like, old people air about her that, like... Devil may care. Isn't that at first? I don't know. What does that mean? Like, uh, sort of don't really care what people think about you. Yeah. I think. But Could also... Yeah, maybe. I've never heard of it. Um, it could also just be that, like... She's kind of fed up with her life, and she definitely seemed that way. I mean, like, mm-hmm. within the first few minutes, she attempted suicide. It got really yeah. dark. Like, got dark early on. And then she was, Do you like, think that had something to do with the rating, perhaps? With the what? With the rating? Or the rating of uh, R? Like, attempted suicide? That's pretty dark. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Devil may care. Cheerful and reckless. Lighthearted devil may care. Young pilots. Okay. So, yeah. 
I, I actually don't think that really describes yeah, Harriet. Not cheerful. She was not cheerful. Reckless. Or really that reckless. She was just like, maybe towards the end. But... All right, I take it back. It's not devil maker. I just wanted to be sound smart and use a cool phrase. You heard no, of. I mean, I, I learned a new phrase. Okay. I really appreciate you teaching me something. It was something. like close. Yeah, it was in the ballpark. <laughs> it's tangentially related. Anyways. Um, what was I saying? You were talking about Harriet. That's all you're going to give me? <laughs> oh, right. She committed suicide. That's what we were talking about. So, she definitely has this, like... But she claims it was an accident. Yeah. She just... Swallows pills and drinks, <laughs> drinks wine, wine all the time. Like, that's just what she does. She wanted to be drunk and sleepy or something, I think. Was like... Yeah. Oh, I know what I was sleepy saying. and thirsty. <laughs> yeah. She was being sassy to the doctor, and yeah. then the doctor was being sassy back to her, and it's just like, this is awkward. But anyway, she kind of has this moment of, like, she's reaching the end of her life. She doesn't mm-hmm. know what her legacy is going to be. Basically, her Alexander Hamilton moment, if you will. Not that he was, like, an old man. Like, who he lives, was... who dies, who tells your story. <laughs> well, he was, like, very obsessed with his legacy, but, like, hold it's on. not like he hold was on. an old man. I got a Venmo when... 20 cents for using that phrase. <laughs> it's probably higher than that. <laughs> he owns that. We, we tight. <laughs> oh my god. You're just now telling me this? So you and Lin-Manuel Miranda are BFFs? Are you secretly Jonathan Groff? Not BFFs. I still got a Venmo of 20 cents. He just gives me a discount. <laughs> How much is it for like not friends? 22 cents. So. Oh. Big deal. Mm. <laughs> I wish I was smart enough at math I could tell you how what percent that is. But I'm not. Ten percent, I guess. Ten? Okay. Yeah, I know math. Okay. Anyway. So she's like having this kind of like, yikes, my life is not what I want it to be moment. Right. Also, my obituary is probably not going to have anything nice in it. What do I do? So that's like her motivation for... Hiring this obituary writer. Well, she hires her, and then she goes and talks to all her friends and family, and they, <laughs> nobody has anything nice to say nobody. about her. Nobody. I would say the closest thing. What's her ex-husband? What did he say? Uh, getting her to laugh because she's wrong makes you feel really good. <laughs> no, that she, she does like being right, but she will admit when she's wrong, like... She respects people who kind of put her in her place if it's... Just. Yeah. Yeah, and that she'll laugh about it. Yeah, it didn't seem like he really hated her or anything. I don't know. I I don't know what really led to their divorce. There was some, like, kind of muddied things about her. Oh, and just to clarify, her husband is played by Detective Bookman. So we got another (laughs) From Seinfeld? Yes, from Seinfeld. He was in something else, right? He was in Person to Person. He played the clock repairman. Yeah, so basically this is turning into a, what's his name? Detective Bookman? Yeah, I don't know what his actual name is. I don't think I wrote it. Oh, yeah, I I did. Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, because I said Philip Booker Hall or something. Bookman Hall or something. Anyways. In Seinfeld? No, no, no. That's what I said when you told me the name. Oh. Okay. Nice. Her ex-husband has some nice things to say about her. But everyone else, like, hates her. 
So she decides that she's going to, like, basically do community service, like, find a mentee. Mm-hmm. And that's going to kind of define her legacy. And, oh, I think it's worth mentioning her four... Four factors. Yeah, do you remember what they are? Well, four factors for what before we say what they are? For an obituary. Yeah. Um, I wrote down the last one. Okay, what's um, the last but... one? What, uh, a wild card? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, like, what friends say, what family says, and then something else? So here's what it is. You basically had it. Loved by family, admired by coworkers, an unexpected life-touching or, like, life event. She touches someone's life. Mm-hmm. And then the wild card. And that's usually, like, the first line, and it's, like, a statement... About the person. Are we going to have a question section later or should I bring this up now? I mean, <laughs> I guess my question has already been answered because I was going to ask you later on about the R rating, but then we remembered the suicide attempt, so. Okay. That's probably my right. question what was, is uh, what would your wild card be? Oh my God, that's so deep. If it, I... if it helps you at all, I didn't like come up with one ahead of time, so. My wild card? <laughs> I mean... I like to think that one of my biggest strengths is that I've been able to develop long-lasting friendships with family members and friends and maintain those friendships, which I think... The ultimate pen pal, Kathy Liebenau. I love that! <laughs> That's good! All right, now you gotta come up with one for me. <laughs> um, I feel... No, I got it. Okay. So... I don't have the little catchy phrase, but I have what your thing is, okay. your wild card. I feel like you have like a very unique perspective on things. Like you notice things that I would never point out because I just don't see them. But Curious th- to a fault, it led to his death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> he wandered out into a street <laughs> to look at a leaf or something. <laughs> Yeah, curious. Lifetime observer. Lifetime, yeah, observer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh my god, what a great question. Thank you. Good job. Yeah, I tried to not like. I know it's kind of sprung on you, but I didn't do any research, so we were on a even playing field. I didn't like try to come up with mine. Yeah. Well, the reason I was like, "Whoa, there." Is because I'm 26 and I, no, I hopefully yeah. have a little bit more time. Yeah, I get it. I thought it would just be a fun little No, it is. Exercise. It is. Yes. Right now, that's what I'm thinking, but I hope that like I've done other stuff in my life by the time I'm older. Right, maybe I'll be a well-known name and somebody will love to write my uh, obituary. Oh, I just oh, meant... Oh, Newton has... Update on Newton. He has jumped into Caleb's lap and he is now a part Probably because I couldn't reach down fully to pet him, so he's like, I gotta come up. I love it. This is so cute. I wish you all could see this right now. Anyway, I'm gonna try to focus. <laughs> okay, so the community service, like finding a mentee, results in Harriet going to this local community center where um, she meets Brenda, who does have a bit of a potty mouth. She's probably like eight or nine. Um, maybe a little, maybe 10. Uh, but anyway, she kind of is impressed by 
Brenda's potential leadership skills, um, willingness to kind of speak her mind. Oh, this is going to work. <laughs> now, update again. Now Newton is on the podcast table. You know, I'm not hating it. It's kind of cute. But I feel like it's going to end it or end in like this big crash. So just be cool, okay? Okay, Newton. I do feel like I have to, like on behalf of my um, profession, I have to say that Brenda like reorganized the yeah, community centers. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions <laughs> for you. What were your thoughts on Brenda's uh, thoughts? Dismantling on the, on of the Dewey. the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. Are you pro that or... No, because I feel like... We love Dewey. Do you know every author, Brenda? Every author in this existence? Because basically what she did is she just, like, alphabetized the library. Because she thought, like, the number system was dumb. But, like, the numbers represent different categories. Like, there's a science section, arts, biography, you know? And so, like, you go to that section looking for a specific topic. I mean, obviously, like... Fiction is alphabetized. I don't know. I don't understand her. I don't understand her. I don't understand her reasoning of that. Yeah. I mean, it she just is like, like a nine-year-old child, so. Yeah, but it just felt like it was just like her being defiant, you know? Oh, definitely got that vibe. Yeah. It may have even been like, I don't have control. This is probably going to sound mean. Should I not? Oh, well, I already started. Like, I don't have control in my life. Let me control this situation and... This in this specific instance, I'm going to reorganize your library the way I want it. Maybe reading into that one a little too much, but I like you trying to parse out a reasoning behind it. As someone who has taught students like that, I like to think I've gained something, some kind of insight. Um, but yeah, so the, and then there's kind of another discovery. Like Harriet has this extensive record collection. And has pretty good taste in music. And Anne tells her about this independent radio station. I was wondering early on. So they had like showed, they the movie showed, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm saying this in like proper tense. We'll see. Anne listening to this independent radio station. And you heard like the name of it and you heard some music. Like the regrets, shout out. Yeah, you were pretty excited that they yeah. were playing. Oh, it seemed like a cool radio station. And I was like, how is this going to, like, clearly it's not just like, oh, cool, she's listening to the radio. Like, it's going to come back somehow in this movie. Did you mm. get that vibe? I didn't. I'm or, like, a little more oblivious, I guess. Planting that seed. Um, but anyway, she's like, you should be, well, she didn't say to be a DJ, but she was like, you should listen to this radio station. And then Harry just decides that she's going to be a DJ on the radio station. And she's yeah. Um, since she's very wealthy, they don't have to pay her. That's, that really appeals to Robin, the head DJ guy. He's played by Amanda Seyfried's husband. Yeah. This, this is the guy you mentioned. Tom and Thomas Sadusky? Yes. Sadusky? Sadusky? Not Sandusky, right? Mm, no relation. <laughs> or are you going to ask? Um, did you want to mention, like, the girl... Uh, in the record office. She was like D-level Alana Glazer vibes. <laughs> she was like, did I just lose my job to a hundred-year-old woman? Like, nobody even 
acknowledges her. They're probably like, finally. <laughs> Don, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Why I remember your name. No, I remember it too. I think I had written it down like Don the DJ. It was like one of the Wikipedia <laughs> characters. I'm like, DJ this Don. Wikipedia does not like put these characters in any kind of order of importance because Weird. I'm like, Who? is it by appearance? That I, it must be by appearance. Yeah, because it's like the gardener. Okay, <laughs> they didn't even have his name down. His name is Louis, so that's root. It's either Louis or Louise. I think I wrote down Louis. So. Oh my god! But anyway, I was like, yeah, that's kind of. All right, so she starts working at the the DJ place and. I guess this is her plan to be her, like, legacy. She's having Brenda, the younger child, be her intern. (laughs) Yeah, that was cute. Anyway, she just kind of, like, loosens up a bit. Yeah. And, like, that probably happens when you're taking stock of your life. You're like She starts to take on a mentor role, sort of, for, um... For Anne, too. That's that's what I meant, for Anne. Um, Yeah. Because we find out she wasn't a great mother, at least in her eyes, and her daughter's eyes, I guess, as well. Did you really understand, like, what the big falling out was between Harriet and her, I think, Elizabeth, her daughter? That's, uh, the thing I don't understand about this, what happened between these daughters and mothers? Same with Anne and her mom. Well, Anne and her mom, her mom left them. That but, happens but in life. But like, get an explanation of why. There wasn't one, you're saying? Anne didn't have an explanation either. Okay, I'm sorry. But but it was not clear about Harriet. The only thing, like, because later in the movie, they have this, like, big meeting of uh, Harriet's daughter, Elizabeth, and Harriet. Right. And it's, like, been decades since they've seen each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only, like, disagreement, it seems like they had, which... Sometimes big family fallouts are over, like, the most minor thing. And right. then people just, like, hold a grudge for years. Like, that is a thing that happens in families. Right. I can tell you from my own family, you know? So, not that I would ever do that. No, no, no. I am perfect. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Anyway, the point of this... Break it down, like, four levels. The point of this... I bring it up two. The point of this... Perfect. Okay. The point of this is that I think Harriet didn't... Did I bring it up too much again? No, you're fine. You just kept saying the point of this every time, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> is that I think Harriet didn't like Elizabeth's fiancé. But Harriet's qualm was that she was meeting him for the first time, and that was at the engagement party. Mm. But that doesn't seem... like. In my mind, that doesn't seem like a reason to stop talking to your yeah, kid to, like, for decades. Yeah, to, like, shun your child. But... Or shun your mother. Yeah. So... It takes two to shun. It that's does. That's what I always say. It does. Unless you're Dwight Schrute. Do you explain? Unshun. Reshun. <laughs> oh, Please does... inform Andy that I will be shunning him. Oh, yeah, this does sound a little familiar. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So... Um, and that, I'll really. just take this moment to compare Elizabeth to my... Oh, yes, this was good. This was good. So it's uh, if Tilda Swinton and Kirsten Bell had a love child. Yeah. And, yeah, just picture that and then Google, did you have this lady's name down? I, no, I don't have the actress's name. Okay, I'll Google it. I'm sorry. 
I just have her written as daughter. It's just one scene that she's in, but Caleb's right. Definitely the chillest one. <laughs> What's the hair? Yeah, I think it's just the short hair, really. Um, yeah, so... Oh, I, I guess I should... Uh, or maybe something that's worth mentioning, like... Something that makes Anne seem a little less rude and a little more like... Anne Hesh. I feel like I've heard of that actress. Okay, you can do some more research and I'll just keep talking. I'm sorry. So, something that like makes Anne a little less of like, okay, she's being too harsh or too rude to the people around her. Is she and Brenda kind of have this moment of where Brenda's like, my dad left me and I don't know why. And Anne's like, well, my mom left me and I don't know why. And they're like, well, we're both awesome, so... It's their loss, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think she just... She comes in... Anne comes into her own, like, in terms of... So she's, like, working on these essays, and she's been working on them for years, and... Because she doesn't want to be an obituary writer forever. Right. Um, but there's a lot of... I think she's kind of afraid to, like, live her life fully, and she probably has some trauma and stuff she needs to work on just be or like work through just because her mom left her and stuff and so like you do feel for her um but yeah I think meeting both Harriet and Brenda and Brenda kind of like opens her up to really going after her dreams and trying to be maybe like a happier person or at least somebody who has a little more confidence and doesn't think the world is like against her right yeah because when like one bad thing like happens especially in childhood like i think people can like bring that on fixate kind of yeah yeah never let it go and that's not healthy and Mm -hmm. can I did have that as my uh, final question. You sort of touched on it already, what your thoughts were. Um, Is obituary an assignment or a passion? Like, do you, like, go into the field of study for uh, journalism? I want to be an obituary writer. No, it's just what's probably open. But you have, at a a decent-sized paper at least, an assigned obituary writer, you think? I think think? so. Yeah, it's not just... All right, you got it this week. I'll get it next week. No, it might not just be a one person. Depending um, on the size of the paper, I suppose. Yeah, but I would definitely think that, like, it's just, it's a section in the is newspaper. That, that's something people still do, like, pretty frequently. Get an obituary written in a paper. Yeah, my grandma was talking about this today. I, didn't even, I thought I heard you talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it was kind of sad, but it, it's kind of relates. It's like the Carl Reiner is what it sounded like yeah you yeah. wake up and see if you're in the obituaries and that's how you know or whatever yeah yeah well that makes me oh my god so many things just thought like three different things so let me finish the first one yeah. the first connection was my grandma was talking about reading an obituary of somebody she knew husband she knew this woman her husband passed away gotcha. and she read the obituary and she i was saying oh that's so sad that like when you read the obituaries now, it might be people that you know. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that happens all the time. Or, like, I recognize the last name of someone. Maybe I went to high school with them. Because she's lived in that area her whole life. Is it this, like, a local paper? No, I think it's the Post. Really? Yeah. 
They only get the Post, and then I think they get the New York Times maybe just on Sunday. How big a deal you got to be to, like, I guess it's Everybody gets an obituary, Caleb. It's not, like, a class thing. I mean, maybe it's, like, longer. But, I mean, it's probably, like, priced. I would imagine it costs more to get an obituary in the New York Times versus the Kansas City Star. Versus the Platte City Citizen. To really <laughs> well, I don't think this was in the New York Times. I think this was in the Washington Post. That's just their local paper, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's still a big paper, though. It is, but... Anyway, sorry to derail us. Your other... I don't really get what you're... I mean, it might have been just like a small thing. I just feel like the bigger the city, the more yeah. people who pass True. away. and I don't think so everybody... So more contentious to try to get it. Mm, good point, good point. That can be, you know, a fun little... Uh... I think I did listen to something or read something at some point about the you New York would. Times obituaries being, like, really long, like, wait list type thing, like, to try to... Mm. Oh, and I don't yeah. know if they, like, take you ahead of time, so they... Like, how would that... How could you be waitlisted? This would be a great podcast episode. I'm sure someone has done, like, a deep dive into the process of obituaries. Yeah. So. It's a fascinating thing you don't think about very often, I feel like. Yeah, until you're, like, near Older, dead. yeah, and then... Well, but, and I hate to be like this person, but nowadays, like, our generation is not very into newspapers. Right. So that's so... why I was kind of asking, but I guess it, it's kind of a dumb question because the people getting obituaries nowadays, for the most part, I mean, younger people pass away, are older people mm-hmm. who still read the paper and stuff. So I yeah. guess the question is, in 30 years or so, mm-hmm. will obituaries in the newspaper still be a thing? Or I don't know. Will newspapers is, still be a thing? Are they still a thing now? They are a thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I think people's argument kind of against them is that that news could be irrelevant in a day. You know, like, people get their news from... The television from the mainly the internet, you know, right. and like that can be like a more instant thing. That being said, though, somebody has to write those articles that pop up on the internet, you know. <laughs> so, well, the sad part is people aren't usually reading articles on the internet. It's just headlines or somebody's tweets. tweet or yeah. Facebook post. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this went this down. went down some rabbit holes. That's okay, though. Connections are good. Yeah. Can I explain the other one? Do I even remember what our other connection was? Oh, I was thinking of the Pete Seeger song where he's he like talks about waking up and checking the obituaries, and if he's not there, then he's not dead yet. I thought that was a Carl Reiner thing. He did a documentary on HBO, and I think it was called like "If You're Not in the Obit" or like something about obit. But yeah, is this a bit? <laughs> Carl Reiner did did an episode about how. Or a documentary where he interviewed a bunch of, like, oh yeah, older comedians yeah. and actors and stuff. Okay, sorry. Pete Seeger had a song. Yeah. Where he, he said, I don't remember the exact line, but he's like, when I wake up, I check the obits, and if, I, and if I'm not in there, then I'm not dead yet kind of thing. And yeah. I think he then says he goes back to sleep after that or something. <laughs> we'll link to it on, on our Twitter Tweet page. It out. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. But yeah, I think I think that there that obituary is pro- that's such a good point. Like if newspapers are irrelevant, 
uh, later so on. Is it just going to be like an obituary website or something? I, I mean, mean I'm there, sure there, there are, are those. Yeah. They're probably on the you know Washington Post website and stuff too. Yeah, but they're also like like the funeral home. Mm, you gotcha. know, like or when someone dies. you know nowadays with the, the social media, social somebody media. could just post onto their thing, and then yeah. if you were friends with that person on social media, yeah, you could see like oh, and then read and there kind of is a thing now of like where people don't they they don't delete well, I guess the family doesn't delete the that person's account right when they pass away, and so it we kind of kind of becomes more of like a memorial page. Mm-hmm. Did that? Uh, this might be like kind of a weird thing to admit, but I'm just gonna go for it because you know what? It's relatable. Maybe when I was in high school, it was pretty sad. Like there was a few um, students at my school that committed suicide, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of what I was talking about before, like their Facebook page just stayed up. So I would kind of check it from time to time and like see what people were writing mm-hmm. on it. And, like, even though I didn't know the students that well, it was just, like, this is kind of, like, a positive thing. One of the few positives we can draw out of social media. Yeah, I didn't see it as being... It was kind of a way to remember the person. Yeah, and, like, see their old post and, like, oh, I remember that day. Like, if you were talking about something on there. I don't know. I just, like, had this, like, fascination. I don't know if it was normal or not. Um... But yeah, I think people like, yeah, that's kind of how like our generation memorializes and grieves for people, I guess. It's just different. Um, But yeah, before we can think of another tangent, we should probably... Start to wrap up. (laughs) Yeah, say our final thoughts. We really got off there, but I think it was a good conversation. I think so too. Deep. About society and culture. Deep. Like, we just analyze society's trends. Yeah, why don't you just put me on your cabinet, Biden? I'm a genius. Yes, certified. <laughs> Did you not hear me? <laughs> I'll write the obits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final thoughts. Okay, I thought um, this movie was pretty good. Obviously sparked some good conversation. A little corny, but kind of cute is how I is the phrase I wrote here. Yeah. A little corny, but it had its cute moments. Yeah. A little predictable storyline, but I thought it made me feel somewhat good inside, and that's nice. We need that in these times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the soundtrack. was really good. Mm-hmm. There were some fun dancing scenes. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a feel-good movie. Sort of similar to last week. Like, not the deepest, most world-changing, but... I mean, I know I it was, it was about of death. Some, yeah, yeah. Like, there were some deep themes there. I don't think it's fair to say that it That's was like a true. lighthearted movie. That's true. You raise a good point. Not to like, feel like you're wrong. I don't know what this movement Maybe is. Maybe not lighthearted. Um, I guess the corny but cute. I'll stick to that phrase. I, I do have to agree with you, but I think the reason why I'm like, I still like this movie is because maybe that's my jam. Maybe I like the corny and cute. If it's oh, I think done, you do. if it's done tastefully, if it still has a point to make and it's still relevant and different, and I don't think, I mean, I guess I could do like a whole other podcast about this. I mean, I feel like on one hand it was 
doing something in a nuanced way, but then on in an on another hand, there were definite like Hollywood tropes. I'll only mention one for lack of time. So like this ragtag group going to going on an adventure. Like a road trip. Like a ro- a road trip or some kind of mission. Like unlikely friendships. I've seen that before. Yeah. And that was in this movie. And at first I was like, are they just going to use Brenda as like this trope of somebody who comes from... Token? Or token. Yeah. Somebody, you know, comes from poverty and like this rich white lady is changing her life. But I think they... Luckily developed Brenda a little more than I originally thought they were going to do. And so I was like, okay, I think they just missed it. They did point it out a little bit with the line of like, what are you doing here? You got a DUI? Like, why do you think that? It's like, that's the only reason white people come around here. Yeah. Like community service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was like, you just kind of skirted that line. (laughs) You were flirting with it. But I think it was it's a pass yeah i will i will let it you will <laughs> this once <laughs> it gets my blessing but all in all i like this movie all right it was a good watch let's rank the last word so i would like to rank this number nine before boy Woo! downstairs Number nine. Yes. We are at uh, different. Oh, please don't put it like at the bottom. No, it's not the bottom. I had sort of towards the middle. I was thinking sixteen. Oh my gosh! Behind uncut gems, ahead of Wakefield. Behind uncut gems, you liked uncut gems more than this movie. This movie was corny. Uncut gems was original. Uncut gems was full of anxiety and stress. I did not Sometimes feel stressed while watching this movie. That being said... Like, I felt stressed having... while watching Parasite, and it is our number one movie. I know. I don't know if it's my number one movie, but it's our one number one movie. It's fine. I'm not going to knock Parasite, but I disagree with the placement. I will not stand for that. Okay, well, work with me here. Great acting. Oh, unique storyline. Not willing to move down at all. I can move down, but I do not want. I don't have the rankings in front of me. Here you go. <sighs> You're being a little harsh. Okay, what about? I think both Lynn Shelton movies are better than this, so I can't. Both put of it, them? Yeah. Oh, I disagree. I think that Outside In is better, but I do not think Your Sister Sister is better. So you want to break up Lynn? Yeah. Like that, that's disrespectful. I would put put it between those two, yeah. I could put at number 13 in front of your sister's sister. Outside and was so much better than your sister's sister. That one was weird. Okay, I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing that both of them were better than this, and I could put it above Winter's Bone. Fine, I'm over this conversation. (laughs) I just like this movie more than you i guess which well, is fine that's fine if you're more passionate about it let's put it where you want no it's fine no it's fine 
I'm not will, just trying to always get my way. No, I will concede and put it in front of Winner's Bone. Okay, so my new number 14. Yeah, it's better than Winner's Bone. Okay. Winner's Bone is a little weird. I'm sorry that I dragged it down so much. Yeah, you did. I still had an okay time with the movie. But it definitely is not a top 10 movie. Okay, disagree, but it's fine. Alright, so... (laughs) Um, so that will be the new number 14 behind your sister, sister ahead of winter's bone. All right, let's step into the book nook. So I finished a book, but it wasn't white teeth. Plot twist. Get it? I, because books have plots. Good job. We're smart. Air <laughs> five. Um, so I said last week that I was reading White Teeth. I need to not say I'm reading a book until I'm fully committed I, to it. I feel like I podcast. do that too. So I'm just going to give you what I did read. I did still finish a book this week. Yeah. Tell me about the book. I started and finished How to Lose the Time War by Max Gladstone and... Amal El Matar. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. But um, this is a sci-fi book. It deals with like time travel, and you know the the troubles with time travel always. Um, it's basically why can't time travel ever be successful? These two agents mm-hmm. working for warring factions in the future, mm. um, and they each go back in time to try to like change the future for their side. Mm-hmm. And they start this correspondence to these letters. So That's cool. The chapters are pretty short, but they're kind of alternating. Yeah, it seemed like a quick read. Yeah, it was less than 200 pages. Oh, so The dream. Yeah, so I uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it, but I, I liked the uniqueness, and I hadn't really read a book like that. So I, I enjoyed mm. the different personality. Right. Um. But yeah, if you want sort of, uh, if that sounds up your alley, give it a shot. Yeah. What did you read? I just finished the book The Cactus, which I had mentioned the last time we did Book Nook. And I was like, oh my god, I have to finish this before we record. <laughs> that, that's always like my, it's like, have I, did I mention it last time? Oh god, I gotta finish this. I but can't the, say I'm still reading. This is good though. It like inspires us to read. Exactly. It's a... Uh, Motivator. Motivator, but also, like, yeah. It holds us to it. Accountable. Yeah. Accountability. So, I really enjoyed The Cactus. I gave it four out of five stars on Goodreads. So, you know, that's a really high rating for me. Um, I think I mentioned when I first started reading that it had the whole unlikable character thing, but I wasn't hating it because sometimes I agreed with the things that she was upset about. The main character. Um, sort of similar to the movie here with me. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Unlikable character, but I, I got it. Sometimes unlikable characters aren't Are wrong. likable. Or they can grow. I think that Susan, the character in the cactus, really did grow. And um, physically she grew because she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And mentally she grew because she kind of like. She's smart. Yeah, she discovered a new skill. 
And then socially slash emotionally she grew because she wasn't really um, letting people into her life and just kind of held grudges like we were talking about, like family grudges. Wow, a lot of similar themes here. Yeah. So I really enjoyed Did this Did you plan this? <laughs> <laughs> I was reading this before we said we were going to do And I picked movie. the movie this week, yeah. so you did not Unplanned. Plan it. Yeah, it's really good. Once again, it's called The Cactus by Sarah Haywood. It was on Reese Witherspoon's book club, and she will be doing a Netflix movie about this book. And I'm pretty sure she's going to be starring in it as well. So pretty pumped. I think it's going to be a departure from the normal character she plays, or like a version of the normal character she plays. So I'm very intrigued. Up next, cool. I'm going to be reading A Good Neighborhood. Oh, so you're just taking what I said and throwing it out. You're, you well, this is care. for a book you're, club. You're holding yourself accountable. Me, I'm like a coward. Good for you. Good for you. I have a feeling I'm going to like the book because Alana liked it. So we usually agree. Sometimes we don't. My friend. Um, anyway, I'm going to be reading A Good Neighborhood by Therese Ann Fowler. I haven't started it yet. So yeah, it is kind of like wishy-washy to say it, but I'm going to read it because it's for a book club of my cousins. So it'll be great. All right. So that's what we're currently reading or have read. Um, Let's talk about what we're doing next week. Next week, we're going to be watching the movie Men, Women, and Children. Directed by Jason Reitman. Caitlin Deaver, J.K. Simmons, all sorts of cool people are in this movie. Mm -hmm. And um, we're just going to get it from our local library. It seems to be the best route. But if you can find it somewhere, good on you. (laughs) So... Are we ready to take it out, or is there anything else we want to tell the people? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I would implore you to talk. I'm going to kind of jump on Caleb's thing, but it relates to my thing, too. I would implore you to talk about voting to your loved ones. And I would implore you to vote yourself. Yeah. So do that, because there's a lot to be that needs to be defended. For the same candidate. What? For the sane candidate. That's who oh. you should vote for. At first it said, I heard same. <laughs> yeah, it does sound kind of similar. But sane, as in like all there in the head. Yeah. Okay, so that's what we would like you to do. And yeah, you can also join us next week for once again, men, when? <laughs> when women and children. <laughs> all right. All right, bye, everybody. I'm I'm done. (laughs) Adios.